Okay, so, so my life um, is broken up for me personally into a before Jesus and an after Jesus. Um, and every now and then um, I get reminded of who I was after, uh, sorry, who I was before Jesus compared to who I am after Jesus. Did I get that around the right way? So, I was having a conversation a couple of weeks ago and with somebody and the conversation turned to somebody that we both knew that I had encountered or had encountered me, maybe more to the point, 10 years ago or so. And I suddenly realised that I actually wasn't very nice to that person. Um, I didn't understand that person, I didn't... I didn't know what made them tick. I didn't understand the way they thought. I didn't stand the things that were, understand the things that were going on in their life. So it suddenly dawned on me, you know, that I wasn't actually very nice. And God's been really working on my heart lately. lately. He's been working on my motive. What is your motive for doing something? It might be a good thing, but is it, what, why are you doing that? Uh, my attitudes, why... You know, why do you have that attitude? That's not right, you know. And, and he really, he's been pulling me up quite a bit in the last few months. And um, so I actually said to this person, I said, look, I wasn't very nice to them. And I, I did have a chance to apologise. Um, and that person accepted my apology. This was a few years ago, a couple of years ago. But I found out from that person that, that the person that I had wronged had already forgiven me long before I actually spoke to them. Now that nearly broke, <laughs> broke me. Uh, I was driving home in my car and I was praying and I said, Lord, I was horrible. And I could probably list a few more people that I was horrible to as well. And he said, well, look at you now though. So it wasn't really a condemnation thing, it was a like, look at the difference. And the person that I was speaking to said, I can see the difference. They said, I can see the difference. And it just made me think that I don't know, you know, forgiveness is a powerful tool that God uses to clean all of us. But we have to, we have to kind of submit to that. So I was also, a couple of weeks ago in communion, I was sitting there, and I think Rosaline was talking about Jesus on the cross. And I started imagining Jesus on the cross, you know, all shredded. He had blood everywhere. He was unrecognisable. And I suddenly thought, well, what would happen? What would he do if I was standing in front of him, looking at him at that moment? And, you know, as I had my eyes shut, I just suddenly flashed this picture of Jesus up on the cross. And here I am looking at him. You know, my heart's breaking because I'm thinking this is horrible. And he looks down at me and he smiled. And I'm like, why would he smile at me when I was so horrible? And that's why he went to the cross. So that we can all now walk around and not carry all that stuff that was before Jesus. Cool.
Jesus is still transforming lives. Amen? One by one, two by two, Jesus is transforming lives. The Spirit of God is working. Real good. Hey, so we're going to talk about realigning our perspective. Amen? We excited about that? That's uh, four of us. That's good. Lord, we do thank you today that your spirit is at work in us, that you are the one that changes us from glory to glory. And we come low and we submit to you and we continue to say, have your way in us, God. Show us those things that, Lord, need to be shown. Correct those things that need to be corrected, God. Have your way in us completely, God, because we want to be all for Jesus. We want people to know that we are all for Jesus. We don't want to hide our light under a bushel. We want this region to know that we are all for Jesus. Amen? Amen? Come on. All for Jesus. You know, we live in a time where God is moving and God is working. You know, I just can't keep getting past the phrase. And actually, Steve said to me today as an encouragement, he says, Brother, why don't you write a song about that? And I thought, I could probably do that. About being a cradle for his glory. There's the phrase that just keeps coming. It's like God told me about it a few weeks back and every it just keeps seeding and seeding and seeding that we would be a cradle for his glory and it's you know the temple today is not bricks and mortar it is people it is living stones that are being knitted together that we would be a cradle for his glory you know and that's why we need to we need humility and we need love and we need this stuff to be moving through our lives because it's the only way because it's the enemy that would try to stop people coming together to be a cradle for his glory. Amen. One of the things he's doing is he's, there's, a, there's a realigning of perspective and there's such a fresh move across the earth of people coming back to Jesus. You know, uh, I'm looking forward to getting, I don't read a lot of books and I have said that before, I just read the Word of God and, and, and pray and journal. But every now and then God highlights a book and I think, yep, I'm going to read that book. And one of the books that I'm looking forward to coming, getting in my hands in the next week or two is a book called The Reset by Jeremy Riddle. So he's a world-renowned, if you want to put it that way, worship leader out of Bethel. And he's had this revelation of how, you know, the whole worship music industry has been made into something that it was never, ever meant to be. And, you know, and it's about the presence of God. It's not about lights and camera action. It's not about building an atmosphere. It's about the presence of God. And it's about Jesus. And it's about worshipping Him. And this is one of the, you know, the most renowned, you know, current worship leaders of our time. And he's getting a revelation out of that industry, in a sense. He's getting a revelation of Jesus. God is doing it. He's bringing us back to Jesus. Amen. That He is the focus. That He is the center. Amen. There's, there's, there's different aspects to this, and I'm probably not going to be able to fully cover it properly today, but I just want to share some things that the Lord laid on my heart this week about perspective. The first thing is this, that too many believers live with their natural eyes rather than their spiritual ones. We live looking just like everyone else does. We live and what we see, and we react to it, and we respond to it, and that's the way that we live, rather than with our spiritual eyes. You know, given that we, we all have our moments, don't we? No, we don't all have our moments. Okay, radio. Let me just 
just me and some of my friends. <laughs> we have our moments. We have our, Thanks, Jenny. I, I'm feeling better now. The Lord is working to realign or align our perspective. And we need to come low and we need to let the Holy Spirit work in us. There is, having a teachable heart is so good. You know, when you talk, you know when you talk with people and you just feel like it's bouncing off a concrete wall? You're talking about something and it's just coming straight back like a tennis ball off a concrete wall. You know, but when we carry a teachable heart, you can feel the connection and you can feel things happening. It's, it's so good. You know, in Revelation, Jesus said to the seven churches as he was addressing the seven churches, he would end it with a phrase, let him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen? That's so relevant and so valid for today. Let him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. But in the same way, we could say, let him who has eyes, let him see what God is doing. Let him see what is happening. Because it says in uh, Matthew 13, I'll turn there so I don't get it back to front and upside down. In Matthew 13, verse 14, and this was Isaiah's prophecy that Jesus was speaking of, and he says, you will listen and listen but never understand. You will look and look but never perceive. There's a difference between seeing and seeing, and there's a difference between hearing and hearing. We can hear something that just goes in one ear and out the other and that's the end of the story and we forget all about it. Or we hear something in a way where we go, whoa, and we take it in and we start to meditate upon it and we start to understand it and we go, whoa, hang on a minute. It's the same way with our eyes. It's what we see because the eyes are the lamp of the body, amen, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. So where does it start? Where does this principle about, you know, aligning your perspective? Well, it starts with Jesus, What we seek, we will find. What we seek, we will find. That's why the Lord says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 7, you know, he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Why? Because what you seek, you will find. It's true in all things. If you are looking to buy a certain type of automobile, oh, I sound American now, car, motor vehicle, if you're looking to buy a certain type, you will start to see it all around the streets of Bundaberg in the lead up to you looking and buying that car. It's true. Because you are seeking that car and you will find it. It has always been there. Those cars have always been there, but it's because you're not seeking it, you just go straight past. What you seek, you will find. It is a truth that, that happens in all aspects of life. And in the same way, if you seek faults in people, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find faults in people. If that is what you are seeking, you are going to see it. If you're looking for the perfect church, no, actually, that won't work, actually, will it? You won't find that one. <laughs> I just oh, probably should say it the opposite way. If you're looking for issues where people are, you will find them. Whatever you seek, you will find. 
That's why God said, if you seek me with all your heart, Jeremiah 29, 13, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. What you seek, you will find. David, we've been referring to David a little bit over the last few weeks, haven't we? So much to learn through the life of David. This is what he said in Psalm 63. He says, God... You are my God. Eagerly I seek you. What does that look like? I eagerly seek you. Not like, yeah, I seek you, God. I seek you. Eagerly I seek you. David was passionate. Amen? He was passionate. I was talking to Alan before when Alan arrived, you know, and we were talking about David, how he used to dance before the Lord. He was a passionate worshipper. So I eagerly seek you. Nothing David did was half-hearted. He was in or he wasn't. Even the stuff that he shouldn't have been into. He wasn't a half-hearted guy. He was all in. I thirst for you. My body longs for you in this dry and desolate land that is without water. Man, don't we need water? So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. Where did David write this psalm? It wasn't a mountain, it wasn't a mountaintop experience where it's like, woohoo! Yes, God, I seek you, I eagerly seek you. He was in the wilderness. What was he feeling? What waves of emotions? What was happening in his thoughts? But in the midst of that, he gives us a lesson, a life lesson when you're in the wilderness. Seek God. Not just seek God, but I eagerly seek God. Which means, you know what? I'm giving priority to seeking God. I'm not just tacking God onto the end of my day and if I get tired, I fall asleep on the couch. I eagerly, I eagerly seek God. I give priority to God and I seek God. Amen? We seek Him. So that's why he could go on to say, my lips will glorify, my lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life and I will bless you as long as I live and at your name I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me as with rich food, my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I think of you as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the watches of the night. See, David wasn't just seeking God for a little bit, his life, he was seeking God. And when you seek God, you'll find Him. There's a key when we go through stuff. Hands up who goes through stuff. That's everybody. Seek the Lord. In the dry, wilderness, desert experience or whatever, seek the Lord and He will be refreshing to you. Amen? And remember, just as a side issue, remember that the wilderness is actually a place we pass through. It was never, ever meant to be a place where we stay and where we remain. We pass through. So it's important to have our perspective aligned, amen, with God's. To have His perspective, His thoughts, His ways, 
His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But, you know, it's that verse of Scripture in Isaiah 40 that he raises us up on eagle's wings. An eagle has a whole different perspective over things. And God has a different perspective. And if we just see with our natural eyes all the time, we miss God. We miss what God is doing. And we miss the bigger picture. Amen? So it's so important that we have heaven's perspective, if I can put it that way, in our lives. The perspective of heaven. Paul wrote to the church in Colossus, and this is what he said to them in chapter 3. He says, since you've been raised with Christ, hands up here who's been raised with Christ. That is someone who has given their life to Jesus, been raised with Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things below. Seek the things of the earth. No, seek the things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your minds on things above, not on the earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Set your minds on things above. Part of the battle is, you know, through media and through stuff, it's like, you know, the enemy will try just to want you to be earthbound when you're actually seated with him in heavenly places and to have a whole different perspective. So you switch on the news and if you watch the news and you watch the information, you watch all this kind of stuff and you you go, whoa, but then you need to go, whoa, hang on a minute. You come aside and you get his perspective. Paul goes on to say, which this is, this is awesome, hey, put, put, put to death, therefore, therefore, because you're seeking things above. You're seeking the things of the kingdom of heaven, amen? That's what you are seeking. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desire, greed, which is idolatry. He goes on, put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy language, put it away. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. Hey, isn't that something to think about? Put off the old self and put on the new self. Put it off and put on the new self. What you seek, you will find. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? What are you seeking? Because you will find it. You know, when I was reading this during the week, this passage in Colossians 3, I just, my mind went straight back to when Jesus prayed this prayer and he was teaching his disciples and he said, you know, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. As you seek the things of heaven, as you seek the things that are above, you want to see them happen around you, don't you? When you get a taste of something, when you see something, you go, you know what? I'm not content with just seeing what I see anymore. I want to see those things. So what I'm trying to say is that the things of heaven are reconciliation. The things of heaven are forgiveness. The, 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 the things of heaven are, are unity and love and joy and peace. And so when you're walking around and you see a family going through stuff, or you see stuff happening, you want to see what's there happen there. Don't you?
Whatever is allowed, the Jewish teaching, which you've heard me speak about previously, the Jewish teaching was always what is allowed in heaven is allowed on earth and what is not allowed in heaven is not allowed on earth. That's why we are sons reinforcing the things of the kingdom. It is his kingdom come. Amen? So the other aspect of this is what we behold, we become. Whatever you behold, you become. Whatever you give yourself to, whatever you, you give your time to, you will become. If you give time to a particular hobby over God, the hobby will become the first and foremost thing in your thoughts. And you hear that, you know. I've, like someone came up to me a few weeks ago, I can't even remember who it was, and they go, oh, I really enjoy, you know, being here because people talk about Jesus. I'm thinking that's encouraging that we talk about Jesus. So when you go and have coffee together, you're not talking about all kinds of other stuff, but you're encouraging one another in Christ. In Matthew 6, Jesus says this. After he says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So what you behold, you become. That's why ultimately Paul said to the church in Corinth, to behold the Lord. And let the Spirit change you from glory to glory to glory to glory. Behold the Lord. Behold Him. What you be. What you behold, you become, because the eye is a lamp. So we need a shift of perspective. And that's why Paul said, seek the things that are above. Seek, seek the things of heaven, because what you behold, you become, you, you, you become a carrier of heaven. His kingdom come. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. That's what Jesus said. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is amongst you. Where does it start? It starts in here when we... Submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and it's His kingdom come. That is, He's the King of our lives. We sing that song sometimes. You are my King. You are my King. You are my King. Jesus, you are my King. Amen. That's where it starts. But it's His kingdom come. So when we focus upon the things that are above, when we, when we focus upon that which is good and noble and, up, and upright and praiseworthy, as Paul put it, we start to become. And the battle is very real in the world today because I tell you what, you actually can't watch much on TV anymore. You struggle to find stuff, movies and stuff, to be able to watch that you go, and go oh, I can't watch that anymore. I've got to turn that off. It's very real. So in all things, we have to be careful what we dwell upon. Because what you seek, you will find. If you dwell upon, if you're a person that is prone to dwelling upon the negative, you have to make an extra effort to dwell on things that encourage and uplift and build up. Amen? Dwell on Jesus. Dwell on Jesus. Dwell on Jesus. Open the Scripture. Dwell on, dwell on Him. Dwell on the heavenly things. Dwell on the Word of God. Dwell on the love of God. Dwell on these things. 
Because as Matt's already said, he changes people from the inside out. Religion tries to change people from the outside in. Try to amend your ways. But God changes us from the inside out. His spirit is at work. He changes us from the inside out. So dwell on things that will you know, help facilitate that. We need his perspective. His perspective. In any given moment. You know that word that I had before in worship about the battleground of the mind. We experience the battleground in the mind sometimes where the enemy tries to bring stuff in and tries to sow stuff in. You know, again, we need, we need God's perspective. We need his perspective. It's so important. We, as I was praying this week, you know, I just, I just had this vision of, you know, people just walking around. You know, walking around and some people were walking, walking around like this. Other people were walking around like this. But then I saw other people looking like this. And in the vision that I saw, I saw this light just start to break forth. Not from the ones that were like that or like that, but the ones that were like that. Seeking the things that are above. Seeking the things of God. Dwelling on those things and stuff. That His light, His presence, His glory will shine in you and through you more and more. Amen. Remember Peter. Remember Peter, when he got out of the boat, when he was the gutsy one that said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. Remember Peter. He was the one that said, oh, come on. What would the, I would really like to know what the other disciples were thinking at that point in time. Does anyone else want to think that way? I just really want to think. I wonder what those other disciples were thinking. Were they thinking, oh, stupid Peter. What on earth is he doing? He's doing that again. Look at him. He's all show or he's just, you know what. I don't know what they were thinking. Whether, or, or, or were they thinking, oh, man, what is he doing? Were they trapped in fear? Were they trapped, you know, like, I haven't, we don't know. But he was Peter. This is the one thing we do know. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus says, come. And he got out of the water. And guess what? What you seek, you will find. His perspective was Jesus. At that point in time, his perspective was Jesus. He had no idea what was happening around him. His perspective was Jesus. And for that period, for those moments, he walked on water. He actually walked on water. Until. Whoa, look at what's happening over there. Look at these waves that are coming. Look at this wind that's blowing in on me. Look at what this stuff that's happening around me. And he started to sink. You see, this is our perspective. What are we going to focus on? What are we focusing on? Are we focused on Jesus? Are we focusing on the things of the kingdom of heaven? Or are we focusing on the things of this earth? When the battle's on, when the, when the Israelites, they're walking around the walls of Jericho and they're walking around six times and God just says, just keep your mouth shut. You know, what were they focusing on? What was going on in them? Was there any part of them was going, this, there's nothing really happening here. What's going on? The enemy will always try and sow some doubt in there somewhere. But you know what? God is faithful. He is so faithful in every way. He is so faithful. The key is, and I feel that God's encouraging us today, is keep our right perspective, which is Jesus. Keep our perspective on Him. 
Get the word of God's perspective. Get heaven's perspective. You know, over and over and over. I can't make this. It's so simple, isn't it? But it's so complex. Keep your focus on him because that is the perspective that we need. Set your minds on things above, not on the things of the earth. See what Jesus is going to do in this season. See what Jesus is going to do in you and through you in this season that we're, that we're in and we're walking in. Amen? Don't let circumstances speak louder than God. Because if we start to shift to the waves and the wind and the things that are around us, the circumstances will start to speak louder than God. Let God speak the loudest. And when you're in the darkness, don't doubt what he said in the light. Because he is the God of the breakthrough. He is the one who makes a way. He is your strength. He is your peace. He is your joy. We read through Psalms over and over again. He is your deliverer. He is your strong tower. He is your ever-present help in times of need. He is, he is, he is, he is, he is. So let our perspective be aligned wherever we need it. Where our focus hasn't been upon Jesus, let our focus come back to Jesus. If we've been seeking the wrong things, then we would start to seek the right things, those things that are good and upright, noble and praiseworthy, those things that are of heaven, amen? And if we find ourselves in the wilderness, if we find ourselves in, in, in times of doubt, then do what David did and seek the Lord. Be diligent and eagerly seek the Lord. Amen? Fix your eyes on Jesus. It's that old chorus that I remember from Sunday school. Yeah, I'm showing my age now. Yeah. Turn. Your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. <laughs> when Jesus is your focus, the other things really don't. What do they really matter? Someone asked me a while ago, they said, hey, Tim, why do you shut your eyes all the time when you pray? They were just asking a really just a question. I said, because I won't be distracted. I can pray with my eyes open. And when I'm praying deliverance ministry, I definitely pray with my eyes open. I learned that lesson. I learned that lesson. But I pray with my eyes shut otherwise because it takes away any distraction. It takes it away. 
and I envisage Jesus. I envisage him on the throne. I envisage whatever, and the Holy Spirit takes me into that place, and I let the worship arise. That is how you can begin to worship in the desert. That is how you can begin to worship when stuff, when everything else around you is falling apart. That is how you can worship, is you close off all distractions, and you put your eyes on Jesus, and you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to direct your thoughts to Jesus and you will see him how you need to see him and you begin to worship. It doesn't matter if no one else around you is worshipping, you will begin to worship. That's my prayer. That more and more and more and more and more when we gather in homes, we, we, we gather here and stuff, that we will put away all distractions. We will, we will put away stuff that's getting in the way. You know what? And we just focus on Jesus and that Jesus would be the focus. You know, it doesn't matter even how we're feeling. It's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eagerly seek the Lord. I'm going to press into Him. And you know what? The Holy Spirit takes you in that from that place. It's like He is the breath. Well, He is the breath. And He breathes on that and He directs you and you begin to worship and you begin begin to praise and you begin to step into stuff and everything else just falls off. So I guess the realigning of our perspective is this. If I can make it simple and music team, do you want to come down the front? Is let Jesus be the focus in everything. Matt was saying before, what is the motive? What is the motive? What is the motive? Let the motive be Jesus. Amen. Let the motive be Jesus. And in all things, let, let's get God's perspective. Let's get God's perspective. You know, it was like the council at Jerusalem and they were all debating and they are all talking about, you know, what are we going to do with the Gentiles? The Spirit of God's being poured out. How are we going to fix this? What are we going to do? And they were like, they, they were just thinking with their natural mind until Peter came up and said, this is that. And they're like, whoa, that's what we need to do. My prayer is that we would that Jesus would be the focus. My prayer is that we would get God's perspective on on all things. And and my other prayer is that we would seek the things that are above and we would be God's agents. We would be his hands and his feet and his mouthpiece to see his kingdom come in this region, person by person, moment by moment, situation by situation. Amen. That that should be a threefold amen. Three things. Threefold, amen. So let's worship with the song, Be Lifted High. Because this is our perspective. You ever been in a situation where you're just really battling and you're struggling and then as you begin to worship, it's like you have a totally different perspective of exactly the same situation? It really is, spiritually speaking, that God lifts you up and you see the same situation from a different perspective. So we lift Jesus high. And the principle that as we lift Jesus high, that He would draw people to Himself. As we shine Jesus, as we speak about Jesus, as we seek the things that are above, as you know, the, the things of the kingdom of heaven, that He would draw people to Himself. So let's stand and let's lift Him high. Let's lift Him high. Jesus, we want to lift you high.
that you are our focus, that you are our perspective. And Lord, we ask, God, that you would be our focus and our perspective in all things. Help us to seek those things that are above. Help us to seek those things that are noble and pure and upright and praiseworthy, that we would be a kingdom people, that we would be your sons and daughters enforcing the things of the kingdom of heaven in this city and this land that you've placed us in. We want to join together, God, and we say it is your kingdom come. And it is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We reject the things of the earth. We reject the lies of the enemy. We reject those things.